Duke Johnson to the Houston Texans in exchange for a conditional fourth-round pick that could become a third-round pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. 49ers general manager John Lynch told KMBR Radio in San Francisco that Nick Bosa has a significant ankle sprain and will miss the rest of the preseason. Lynch said the hope is that Bosa will be ready for their week one game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the NBA, in his first interview since rupturing his Achilles tendon in Game 5 of the NBA Finals in June, Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant said he does not hold the Golden State Warriors accountable for his injury. And in baseball, the New York Yankees and Chicago White Sox will play a game at the famed Field of Dreams in Iowa on August 13th of next season. A temporary 8,000-seat ballpark will be built at the site where the 1989 movie starring Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones was filmed. I'm Chris Pavona, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frank, what's happening, bud? What's going on, Greggy? Happy Thursday to you. Uh, Before the show here, earlier today, we got some uh, breaking news that obviously affects fantasy football. And running backs. And running backs overall. Uh, But outside of that, I'm, I'm doing well. How'd you sleep last night, buddy? I slept uh, I slept pretty well, actually, so I was very tired. Long day yesterday here, um, but I slept well. It was good. Uh, it was great. Yeah, nothing going on. I watched, uh, what did I watch last night? I watched the Yankees, which was awesome. And and I didn't get to catch much of the Yankees. I had a basketball game last night. That's right, and you dodgeball tonight. Dodgeball tonight, yeah, very busy week. I had two basketball games and dodgeball tonight. Trying to, trying to stay in shape a little bit, Greggy. Very cool. Or rather get in shape, I guess. You're in great shape, buddy. Nah, not really. All right. Uh, Somebody who is in great shape. It's Eric Young. Hey, man. I'm in okay shape, you know, for you're an in, old man. You are in excellent shape, and you are not an old man, sir. You are, you are a young man. Young, young is my last name. <laughs> something Hanging like on that. by a thread. Something like that, I, I, I guess. I guess you're probably not going to change it now to Eric. To Eric, uh, median age, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Eric middle age. Eric middle age, yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't have the same ring to it. Uh, okay, on the show today, we're going to get into the running back conversation. Continue it on. Uh, EY, we did last hour. We did a reveal for the in-house draft. We're going to air it live over the Frenzy BFFs. We're going to combine it all together in studio. EY will join us uh, from 2 to 3-ish, like always. Uh, and we'll be here. We'll be doing the draft live. We'll be recapping the draft. We'll be cutting it up, posting it on YouTube, uh, and wherever you get your fantasy football videos. EY, uh, we are proud to tell you what pick you have. It is number nine. Woo, number nine. Lucky number nine. There you go. Uh, the BFFs uh, had pick 11, 
but we have a pick 11 in every draft that we do. Uh, so we were able to trade out a pick 11 to pick 7. Not, for, not because it's better, because I don't think it is. I think 11 is better. But we did a 7 because we wanted to not have the same players in every draft. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right, Greg. I've done two drafts so far. I've done the Scott Fish Bowl and the Flex League draft, and both of them were from pick 11. We have another draft coming up that we share together where we are pick 10, so right around pick 11 at the end of the first round. So we wanted to change it up a little bit. We were shopping around, and we were able to find a buyer in the form of the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. So Appreciate it, Jim. We, we swapped picks with Jim. Shout out to Jim Day. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, he'll be taking pick 11. We take number 7. Uh, just a good way to change things up, you know. You don't want too much exposure to all the same players, and if you draft pick 11, it turns out you end up getting a lot of the same players. Not a surprise. Let's let's change it up a little bit here, Greg. Uh, we have pick 7 now. Looking forward to it. Tomorrow, going to be a lot of fun. Myself and Greg sharing a team. EY is going to be on Skype. He has a team in this draft. A few of the producers downstairs. Uh, we also have Davis Maddock joining us from Roto Experts, who is part of this draft. In the first hour during the frenzy, obviously you'll have George Kurz, Jim Day, Chris Venture. They all have separate draft picks during that draft. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty crazy. We're going to have a lot of people up here in studio. A lot of people in studio, but it's going to be awesome. But before we get into the running backs on today's show, let's talk about the running back trade that happened earlier today. And that was Duke Johnson getting his wish. Basically, as soon as Drew Rosenhaus took over as the agent, he got what he needed and pushed that trade through. Rosenhaus probably was like, listen... You want my clients, you make this trade happen. It worked. He was traded over to Houston for a conditional fourth-round pick. Could turn into a third based on playing time. Duke Johnson over to Houston. What do you think of that deal, Eric? Yeah, I mean, it's good for Duke Johnson. This is what he's wanted. Uh, I feel like he's a player, I mean, for at least four or five years now, you've always wondered what he could do in a bigger role. Uh, I still think Lamar Miller is going to be the starter there. That's who they like. Duke Johnson it will be the pass catching da- uh, downs guy, but but I think it'll be more of a split. I, I think they're they're going to want to keep Lamar Miller because of his he's a little bit older back, and they're going to want to keep uh, keep them both healthy. Houston's going to be a good offense. I believe in them. I believe in Watson. I believe in all three receivers. I'm really high on Kiki Cutie this year. So, yeah, this is a great landing spot for Duke Johnson. Houston is looking dangerous. So I was super high on Kiki Cutie as well coming into this year. But, Frank, this Duke Johnson trade may change that outlook a bit for Kiki. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about this on Twitter as well. And the uh, the compensation that they gave up too. I mean, this is pretty decent compensation. This could end up turning into a third-round pick. And normally, you know, you see a pick that high traded, and it's normally for a starting running back. Now, obviously, we don't assume Duke Johnson takes away Lamar Miller's starting job. But, I mean, based on the, the round pick that they gave up, Greg, he should have a pretty legitimate role in the Houston Texans offense. So, I, I it could ultimately end up affecting Kiki QT. You brought that up. Kiki last year, I remember, you know, a few of those games where they they were all healthy together. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki. He ran a lot of short routes. Like, I'm talking right next to the line of scrimmage. A lot of stuff right underneath, quick slants, in the slot. So, I think Duke Johnson being there probably takes away at least a few of the projected targets that we had for Kiki QT coming into the season overall. What I'm more interested in, Greg, is what this does for Nick Chubb now on the other side because... As we talked about yesterday, we're all pretty excited about Nick Chubb with EY being the most excited, but now that Duke Johnson isn't there and there's no Kareem Hunt for the first nine weeks or so for this team, Greg, 
we might see more receptions and targets overall for Nick Chubb. We've seen some other people thrown around potentially in that role, but I agree. I think Nick Chubb is going to get the opportunity for the most part to be a three down back for the first 10 or so weeks of this season. Nick Chubb already very, very high in EY's rankings. I think for us, uh, just solidifies his spot for me. Remember yeah. yesterday when I ranked him as my six? I do. So now I now I look even smarter. <laughs> he saw it good coming. Good day to be me, boys. Good, good day to be me. It's always a good day to be you, man. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we continue our running back breakdown, and I want to get right into Philip Lindsay. Can he do it again? A sophomore slump or a sophomore renaissance? No. Okay. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back with you here, BFFs. You can say whatever you want about me in the chat, honestly. Like how much I suck. I don't know crap about fantasy football. I'm terrible giving betting picks out. And, I tell Greg the same things. And that's completely cool, and I have no issue. But you want to go to a certain place, it's not going to fly. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I mean, just, I'm just saying. Like, you can say anything you want. There's no I, place for uh, certain things that people you can say anything like you to want say on the internet. About how horrible I am at my job. That will never get me, get me banned ever. But certain things. Certain things. Okay. I agree with you. All right. Let me, um, let's get back into the running backs. Let's, let's not waste any more time. So Philip Lindsay last year had the greatest undrafted free agent season in the history of the NFL. Right, running back, rushed for a ton of yards, took over, looked better than Royce Freeman all season long. But he's got a new coach, a new regime. Everything has changed for him in Denver. Broke his hand toward the end of the year, but he's healthy now. Royce Freeman has the draft pedigree. So nothing that Philip Lindsay did was wrong, but here we are once again having the same conversation that we did midway through last year. Philip Lindsay versus Royce Freeman. If you look at their ADP right now, Phil Lindsay, obviously and rightfully so, going way ahead of Royce Freeman. But where, sir, Eric, do you have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman ranked? I got them super close. I actually have them uh, back to back, and I have Philip Lindsay in front. But I feel like I I wanted to be Royce Freeman, um, I, and I think there's a bunch of stuff. I know Brad Evans has been banging the drum all off season um, talking about how, how Royce Freeman was just kind of statistically unlucky. And if you really break down the numbers and the analytics of each run, um, the box was stacked against him much more than Philip Lindsay. He, he ran much harder, harder uh, uh, runs, more difficult runs, uh, shorter yardage runs. Um, and the big bang ones went to Philip Lindsay. I guess that's a, that's a, a, a thing for Lindsay as well, but, um, I've got them uh, 64-65 overall, uh, wow. and that's real close. Yeah, You're very, very close. You're buying what Brad Evans is saying, ultimately, that it was a statistically unlucky year for Royce Freeman, and it's really a toss-up right now in that Denver backfield. Frank, I think you're high in general on the Broncos, right? Like you're a little higher on the Broncos offense, I think, 
Like Emmanuel Sanders, I know you like. You're in on Noah Fant here. So are you in on this running game as well? And if so, which way are you leaning? Uh, not nearly as much, and to be perfectly honest, I don't really love this range of running backs that are going in like this early fifth round. I do like Chris Carson. I think you're getting him at a value right now. I have, as of now, I have Philip Lindsay as my RB25, and I have Royce Freeman as my RB35, and you're seeing Lindsay go in that range early fifth round. He's dropped a little bit because the team has signed Theo Riddick as well. Theo Riddick, one of the premier pass-catching running backs in the NFL over the past you know handful of years or so with the Detroit Lions. So you know he comes in to Denver, and what they've been talking about all offseason now, this is a new regime. This isn't the same regime last year that drafted Royce Freeman and brought in Philip Lindsay. They're going to run things the way that they want to run it. And Vic Fangio comes in, who is a defensive-minded head coach. They bring in Rich Scangarello to be their offensive coordinator. He was the QB's coach under Kyle Shanahan each of the past two years with the San Francisco 49ers. And everything that we've read so far says that they want Royce Freeman to potentially get more touches than Philip Lindsay this year. Uh, and for him to be that early down back and potentially that goal line back, with Philip Lindsay being that change of pace, you know, uh, third down, maybe pass catching running back. But now they bring in Theo Riddick too. So let's break this down. We have three running backs, a three-headed monster on an offense that is questionable. Like, let's be honest. Joe Flacco got benched last year for a rookie quarterback who basically could not pass the ball. That, that was the case for Joe Flacco last year. He's a statue in the pocket. He's getting paid a ton of money. Yes, he won a Super Bowl. Did they win two Super Bowls under Joe Flacco? One. One Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. That's perfectly fine. And he got paid because of it, but he is a shell of his former self. Like, I really don't know how much upside the Broncos offense has overall. And now we have three different running backs that are splitting time in this backfield. I am worried, Greg. That is the, the word that I would use to describe the Denver Broncos backfield. Are you scarred a bit by Alex Collins from last year in the same scenario with Joe Flacco? Not necessarily. Um, we've seen, like, the Ravens, there's so much turnover in their running backs from year to year. Uh, and, you know, Alex Collins was going in the third round, middle of the third round, maybe, like, fourth round in some drafts. Philip Lindsay, you are getting a little bit later. Lindsay was awesome last year. Like, I don't want to take anything away from him. I think he's a really, really talented football player. And what he did last year was extremely efficient. I just don't know that he's going to be able to come close to that type of production again. I mean, last year he did it on 192 carries. He also had 47 targets, 35 receptions. I mean, with all of those things kind of split up among three running backs now, Greg, it kind of seems like it's going to be one of those situations where they all kind of cannibalize each other from a fantasy perspective. And maybe that we won't really get you know, one top 24 running back or maybe even a top 30 running back out of this backfield. I, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys are used. Who is the pass catcher? Who is the goal line back? And I don't know. And I really, I want to avert risk as much as possible in these drafts. And I realistically am not high enough on Denver that I'm investing anywhere here. What I'll say about Royce Freeman is that you're getting him in the 8th, ninth round. So doesn't cost you all that much. Where they're you know, the way that they're talking him up right now in camp is that he's going to be the starter. And a lot of things that we've said that we've seen in the offseason, for example, uh, James Palmer of NFL Network had a sit-down interview with John Elway, who is the I guess like GM there uh, with the with the Denver Broncos, mm -hmm. and he said that Freeman would outcarry Philip Lindsay this season. Out carry. That's the word to pay attention to, which means Lindsay could get more targets, more receptions. We expect that to be the case, but 
Now, you know, Theo Riddick being there just throws an extra wrench in this mix, Greg. I don't know that I really want to get involved. If you get Lindsay as like your RB3, your RB4 in that 8th, ninth round range, I don't hate that. Sure. But Philip Lindsay at his price tag, Too much. I'm probably not going to get a lot of that. Too much, ultimately. Now, going around the same range as Philip Lindsay uh, is a guy that I really like, or maybe I, I probably pushed him up the board, but a guy you really like, Mark Ingram. We talked about him a lot. Oh. Right, in Lamar Jackson, uh, with Lamar Jackson, in that same backfield, Greg Roman, the whole deal. But I also have in this range, as my 22nd ranked running back, my guy Tevin Coleman. Because if you knew that Tevin... Yeah, I moved him up. Damn, Greg. Yeah. 22nd. Yeah, where do you have him? Please do tell. Preach. Where, where do you have him? I have him as my RB28. He's the start of my next tier. Oh, all right. Well, he's in this tier for me because the same thing, as we say all the time. You want the Kyle Shanahan running back. Everything we've read, everything we know... It's Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman would be going even higher than 28 or so if you knew he was the guy. If we're going to invest in a running back committee of sorts, I have him behind Mark Ingram because Mark Ingram is the guy without question. But if you're going to go into all of these committees, right, you want the committee that's going to have the best running attack. That's Kyle Shanahan. That's the zone read offense. They don't go out and sign Tevin Coleman, and he doesn't choose to sign there unless he knows he's the guy. He could do a little bit of everything. Yes, you'll be frustrated at times by Matt Breida. Yes, you'll be frustrated at times by Jarek McKinnon. But Tevin Coleman, you won't be frustrated. He's going to be the guy. I really like Tevin Coleman this year. I like Tevin Coleman, but, you know, he's starting to climb up draft boards a little bit. He's going in that sixth-round range. feel better about him as my flex running back rather than my RB2. Uh, and overall, I get what you're saying, Greg. I mean, look, we're talking about... Two different backfields in the Broncos and the 49ers who potentially have three running backs on their respective teams that they're going to use. But the difference is the San Francisco 49ers offense, we expect that to be better than the Denver Broncos offense. And Kyle Shanahan-led teams have been really good in terms of producing productive fantasy running backs. And we saw that last year with Matt Breida basically playing with one ankle Averaged over five yards per carry. Everyone was excited about Jarek McKinnon this time last year as a you know borderline second, third round pick. And everything that I've read so far says that we could potentially see one of McKinnon or Breida inactive on alternating weeks. The one person who is a constant fresh. is Tevin Coleman. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of games where you know he's in that eighteen to twenty touch range. Tevin Coleman's probably more so suited for a. 12 to 16 touch range, but that's been exactly what he's been his entire career with the Atlanta Falcons too. So he's used to that role. It's a better offense with the uh, with the 49ers than it is with the Denver Broncos. So I'm with you, Greg. You know, I'm kind of talking myself into this. I might move Tevin Coleman up myself. When we come back, we'll find out exactly where EY has Tevin Coleman, and then I'll ask a couple of questions regarding Coleman, which, you know, may bring him back down a little bit. We'll, talk, we'll have that conversation and continue it next From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
All right, the 2019-2020 NFL season is here with a slate of games tonight. And you can become the eighth person to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. Become one of the countless number of people who've won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. You're playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com. You're doing it wrong. Head on over and check out their tools for the NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering. Get access to everything with the Daily Roto Elite Package. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. And that's DailyRoto.com. The promo code is ACTION. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. I'm going to be trying uh, try and become a millionaire tonight, Greg. Playing some preseason DFS. I've already set my lineup. How about you? I, really? I really have. <laughs> no, Frank, I haven't. I have some sources. I've been reading some stuff. Glad you're working hard today. <laughs> uh, Ewar, are you playing DFS preseason tonight? No, I'm, uh, I'm enough of a psycho. I, I'm, I think I'm probably in around 40 best balls already this year. Um, for sure, will be at least 20 more of them. So, yeah, I got I to gotta cut it. I got to cut the line some ways. Uh, sure. But I will watch the preseason. I actually will watch every single snap of the preseason. There you go. Uh, I, I, I get Game Pass every year now, and it is amazing. So, for me, I have a uh, I have DVR, as I said. I promised I would. Uh, the Giants game tonight. Check out Daniel Jones. What do you mean? The Jets game. Right. Okay. So, I'm going out to dinner uh, with my mom for her birthday. Tonight? As a, oh, as a shout night. out to Leslie. Happy birthday, Leslie. Today? You, today, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Leslie. So I'm going out to dinner with her, so I get home to my apartment, turn on the Giants, watch a little football. The Jets. Both. <laughs> Both. How, how much do you anticipate, let's say, Daniel Jones, for example, playing tonight? A lot. I mean, yeah. you see a lot of them tonight. At least uh, an entire quarter? At least two? I, I think you get like two quarters. Two quarters out of Daniel Jones. All right. Yeah. So that would make him sneaky in DFS. How about this? In FanDuel, I noticed there, everyone has the same price. You don't know how much anyone's going to play or how they're going to be used. Everybody, just $6,000. You could put anybody in your lineup. Just good luck trying to figure out who's going to play. I mean, that's that's the craziest part of... uh, Who's like the guy tonight? So from what I've uh, read, you're going to love this. Joe Webb as the quarterback. Big Joe! Because it's it's literally just him on the Houston Texans depth chart. Like, Deshaun Watson's not playing tonight. And I think they just signed someone yesterday to be their third-string quarterback. That's because what's his name got hurt. So Joe Webb is, yeah, whoever their backup was there. AJ McCarron. Yeah, yeah. So Joe Webb is going to play probably like an entire half or maybe even three-quarters of football tonight. Big Joe Webb. Joe Let's Webb's go. the guy. That's what I've read. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, where do you have Tevin Coleman ranked here, EY? Coleman is actually one above uh, Philip Lindsay. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I I want to believe in San Francisco. Uh, they're one of those tricky teams this year. I want to believe in Jimmy G. I want to believe in Dante Pettis. I've got him all over the place. Um, Kittle, I mean, is, is being drafted very high, and I really like him as a player. But what I think is going to make you nuts is that they have three backs there that they're going to use. They're going to use all of them. They paid McKinnon a bunch of money, and people are way down on him. Um, and I'm, I mean, you can throw me in that pile. I'm, I'm down on him, but I don't think I'm as down as mo- most people. They paid him a bunch of money, and he didn't play. Like he did, he wasn't good last year because he didn't play. We can't decide that he's a bad running back because he didn't play. We can say that he gets hurt all the time and, and is not super reliable that way. But having three backs there, uh, you know, if he plays 14 games, McKinnon is a freak, freak, freak athlete. 
better athlete than either of the other two running backs by a long shot. Is he a better running? Is he a better running back or a better football player? I don't know. Brito was unreal, but he's tiny and is constantly hurt, but plays anyways. So I think it's this is going to be kind of like a Patriot style thing. Like they're just going to pick a guy and you know do the hot hand, or, or someone's better at this, so we're going to do that this game, and it's going to be super frustrating. Super frustrating. So the update I've made to the rankings throughout the break, Greg, was uh, basically what EY was just talking about. I, I moved Philip Lindsay down below Tevin Coleman, so I didn't move Coleman up. He's still the number one running back in my tier six. He's RB27, but I moved Philip Lindsay just behind him as well. And just kind of piggybacking off what I was saying before in terms of Tevin Coleman's going to be the one constant this year for the 49ers. I'll ask you this, Greg, and we kind of talk it out. On any given game day, how many running backs are they going to have active? Because as of now, they have five on the roster. They have Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida, they have Kyle Juszczyk, and they have Raheem Mostert. And they like Mostert as a special teams player. So he's probably going to be active. And Kyle Juszczyk, they like him in that fullback role as someone who can also catch the ball out of the backfield. So are they really going to have five running backs active on any given game day? I am really starting to believe that one week it will be Matt Breida off, one week it will be McKinnon off to try and keep these guys fresh. And again, the one guy who will be the constant is Tevin Coleman. I don't want to use that to like talk him up too much. Because, I, again, I still do think he's in that, like, 12 to 16 touch role. I don't really see him getting more touches than that on a weekly basis. Here's the thing, right? Like, he's... You can trust Tevin Coleman to be the one that's active more often than not. Yep. But the other guy's still going to get time, whoever that other player is, whether it's Matt Breda or whether it's Jarek McKinnon. But that's fine. If we have, like, a two-headed backfield on a weekly basis for the 49ers, but we know Tevin Coleman's going to be the constant for what we expect to be a pretty good 49ers offense, like... When you talk about Kyle Shanahan, he is an offensive mastermind. Last year, they finished 16th in total offense without Jimmy Garoppolo on this team and without Jarek McKinnon, who they just signed. So with Nick Mullins, who was like an undrafted quarterback, they finished in the middle of the pack in offense. I mean, he is an offensive mastermind, Greg. I want exposure to that offense. Do you have Tevin Coleman ahead of the Patriots duo of James White and Sony Michelle in the half-point PPR? I have him ahead of Sony Michelle. You know I'm not really a Sony Michelle guy. I'm just kind of worried about all the knee issues that he's had. And, you know, if you just read into everything that they've done in the offseason, the fact that they drafted a third round back, a third down running back in Damian Harris, but someone I believe to be a three down player, at least he was in college. Uh, so I'm not really a Sony Michelle guy, but I do have James White ranked ahead of Tevin Coleman because I trust him in this Patriots offense, especially now without Rob Gronkowski on the team. His role is secure. I have both Sony Michelle and James White back-to-back right after Tevin Coleman for me. I think they're all together in a tier, ultimately. And admittedly, I've been the Sony Michelle guy here on this program. I like Sony Michelle. He's healthy. He's back at camp. He's practicing. There's been very few limitations. I think Sony Michelle's going to be fine. I, I have James White one spot ahead, but I think... I, I'm happy with both of them. It's kind of a roster construction thing for me. Where do you, EY, have the Patriots running backs? Yeah, I actually have them back-to-back, too, just behind. Uh, it goes Philip Lindsay, Freeman, uh, Royce Freeman, Rashard Penny, then Sony Michelle, James White. We're going to get to Penny and Carson in just one second. But yeah, James White, Sony Michelle in there as well. Are you comfortable taking them as, I, I guess, a back-end RB2, a high-end RB3? 
I would take James White in a PPR. I'd really think about him in a half point, but I just I don't think I'm touching Sony Michelle. I mean, the reality is, is everyone wants to talk about Todd Gurley and his arthritic knees. I believe that Sony Michelle's knees are, are twice as bad as Gurley's. Um, it's bone on bone. It's not a good thing. I mean, Frank Gore's played like with that his entire career and still somehow playing. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm not on the team, but I'm worried about Sony Michelle. The Patriots don't don't invest in a position if they believe in you. Um, and the Damian Harris pick in the third round. And he's a guy that can do everything, like like Frank said. He's not you know not going to wow you at anything, but he's a prototypical Patriots player. He can kind of do everything. So I feel like Damian Harris Harris could really th- threaten Sony Michelle this year if he gets out with an injury. And we'll pay attention to cuts as well as we go further along in training camp. But let's not forget, Rex Burkhead is Burkhead. still on this team too. So we know that he has been a longtime favorite of Bill Belichick. Obviously, they brought him over a couple of seasons ago. He was someone who was getting really hyped up for fantasy football purposes uh, this time last year. Ultimately, that he didn't live up to expectations. Tony Michelle is a really talented player, Greg. I, I don't want to take that away. I understand why you like him. His usage in the red zone last year, he was top seven in rushes inside the 20, the 10, and the 5, and he had a monster postseason. I mean, there's no way around it. He had six rushing touchdowns in the postseason alone. So, you know, they leaned on him, and he produced for them, and I think that that means something to Bill Belichick, but again, the fact that even after all of what he did in the postseason, they went out and they drafted another running back in the third round. I get it. It was in the third round. But a lot of people had Damian Harris as, you know, one of their best running backs coming into this draft this year, if not their best running back. And ultimately, he slips to the third round. The Patriots scoop him up. And, you know, that's one year after taking Sony Michelle in the first round. Why do they do that if they're not at least somewhat worried? They're trying to cover themselves a little bit why here can't they Sony be, Michelle. Why can't they be worried about Rex Burkhead? Why, you want to talk about covering Sonny Michelle. Why can't you be worried I mean, about covering Rex Burkett? Why are we sure that Rex Burkett even makes his team? Because, well, Rex Burkett... Well, that's exactly it, right? Like, Rex Burkett's not expected to have a huge role. No. Sonny Michelle probably was. Right. But they're, if they're worried about it, then well, that's why they bring in a Damian Harris. But why you know? do you think they're worried about Sonny Michelle? Why can't they worry about Rex Because he has, he has He's constant knee injuries, He's right? He's fine. He wasn't out there for OTAs. He Whatever. had a late start to training He's camp, He's in too. training camp right now. Is he not? Is he not healthy? I mean, I, I'm Is not, he not practicing? Patriot training camp right now. I mean, we'll see what happens in the preseason, but I don't think one year after drafting a running back in the first round, the Patriots come back the next year and, the third and draft a running back in the sure. third round sure. for no reason. The Jets they don't do that for no reason. Like the Giants draft a running back every year. Giants suck. <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely they suck. But they drafted a mid-round running back almost every year. All these teams in the middle round get talent. They believe Damian Harris right. is talented. To I me, would rather have James White of the two. That's fine. In half point as well? Yeah. That's yeah, fine too. Half, Again, I have James White ahead of Sony Michelle by one spot. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. Because you trust James White, his role is as secure as they come. I totally agree. However, I have no issue if Sony Michelle is the next guy on my board drafting Sony Michelle. Who do you really think will be the most consistent Patriots running back? James White. I agree with that's you. That's why I have him ahead. But I'm telling you. Sony Michelle's usage this year, Greg, could potentially be very, very frustrating. We see this every single year with Patriots running backs. Except when LeGarrette Blunt scored 20 touchdowns. It's true, but LeGarrette Blunt was also fully healthy that year. We'll see if Sony Michelle... Will we be able to say the same thing about Sony Michelle? It's a legit question mark. Of course it is. All right, we'll come back. EY mentioned Rashad Penny. Is it for you, Chris Carson or Rashad Penny? Let's answer that question next. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back with you, BFFs, EY, Frankie Stanfield, Greg Sussman here, breaking down the running back position for you. And we continue on because we get to the Seattle running backs. And when EY was mentioning this crew, he put in Rashad Penny. And Eric, I got to throw this out there to you. Who do you have higher, Chris Carson or Rashad Penny? Uh, yeah, Chris Carson. I got him number 30 overall. Um, I believe in, in Chris Carson. I mean, this was a guy like completely unknown. Then you hear all these people talking about him, uh, you know, beat writers, uh, analysts and stuff saying, I don't know, man, Car- Chris Carson, he looks really good. He looks really good. Everyone's like, no, no, Richard Penny, he was drafted so early. They're going to go with him. Look at, if we know anything about Pete Carroll's one, he's super positive. Maybe maybe freakishly positive, um, which can be irritating for fantasy owners. But what we do know is that the best player is going to play. Chris Carson was the best running back on the team last year, and he played. And when he played, he was super, super effective. They're going to want to run the ball. Um, they, they always do. I, I do believe that the, the, the passing is increased there this year because their defense is not what it used to be. Um, so, yeah, but Chris Carson's number 30. Richard Penny is uh, 66 overall. Yeah, I have Chris Carson as my RB22, and I have Rashad Penny as my RB33. And I do like both of these guys. I think, uh, you know, I think both are solid discounts right now. You're getting Chris Carson in the fifth round. You're getting Rashad Penny sometimes two rounds later, maybe even three rounds later than that. And Mike Davis is no longer with this team, and he led the the running backs in targets and receptions last year. And there was a report that came out either yesterday or two days ago that – What Chris Carson has seen from Brian Schottenheimer's playbook so far in training camp is that they want to throw the ball to the running backs more this season. So we could be looking at more targets and more receptions for both Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. I think they're both capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. I think they're both very talented too, right? Like when it comes to Chris Carson last year, you know, we kept pounding the table for Rashad Penny. Why won't they use Rashad Penny? And EY is exactly right. Pete Carroll is going to use the player that is performing the best. Now, Rashad Penny also performed very well. I believe it was from week 10 on, he averaged 6.3 yards per carry. He was a very efficient running back. They're talking him up in training camp. Chris Carson was also really, really good last year and really, really efficient. People forget, he had 247 carries. That was 7th most among running backs last year. He played 52% of the snaps. That was only 27th among running backs, but that was still good enough for him to finish as a top 15 running back last year in fantasy. He was top seven in carries inside the 20, the 10, and the five-yard line. He saw 87% of his team's carries inside the five. That was the second most in the NFL last year. So the Seahawks gave Chris Carson a ton of work. They rewarded him with that, and he paid off. He basically cashed in everything that they wanted him to do. Why are they going to go away from him last uh, this upcoming season? Yes, Rashad Penny was a first-round pick, but Chris Carson has done nothing to lose the job. I like both of these guys. I wouldn't mind getting you know Chris Carson as my 
you know, a low-end RB2, I feel better about him as my flex. Uh, and the same thing goes for Rashad Penny. Obviously, I'd rather have him uh, more so as my flex. But I think, based on how much they run the football in Seattle, Greg, they were number two in rushing attempts last year, number one in rushing overall. Both of these guys can be fantasy-relevant this season. Exactly where I was going to go with that as well. I've said it before over the past couple of weeks. I really like Chris Carson for all the reasons that you mentioned, all the reasons that you did too, Eric, that they want to run the ball. And if they want to get have the running back catch the ball more, fine. Let's move Rashad Penny up. You said it just a moment ago with Tevin Coleman that if there's two guys, we're okay with that. If you're giving me just two players in a backfield, cool. That's fine. I, I can manage that. But in Seattle, where there are just two guys, no more Mike Davis. We're not doing the CJ Procise thing anymore. There's two guys. And it's an offense that runs the ball more than any offense in the NFL. You have to love both of these guys. You have to. Exactly right, Greg. And I think, you know, Chris Carson is probably going to be in like that 15, 16 touch per game range. But even with there just being two running backs on this team, again, like they still have CJ Procise. They still have JD McKissick. I don't really think that those guys are going to factor into the game plan all that much. With Carson getting, let's say, 15 to 16 touches a game, there's still going to be enough for Rashad Penny to get 10 to 12 touches, maybe even 10 to 14 touches per game. And on a team that has Russell Wilson and defenses have to respect, Tyler Lockett deep down the field and DK Metcalf now on this team, it's going to create a lot of rushing lanes this season. We know how much they want to run the football with Brian Schottenheimer. I really, really like both of the Seattle running backs and where they're currently going according to ADP. Again, that's Carson in the fifth round and Rashad Penny you know, in the seventh, eighth round. I, I really like both of their values. Absolutely. I think they're, both of their values is very, very strong. Let's continue this combination uh, tier, if you will, of two running backs, because that brings me to Chicago, where you have both Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. The Bears invested in an early round draft pick in Montgomery. They've talked him up. He's looked good in camp, and Tariq Cohen has the role he always has. You compare it a lot to the roles in New England. We talked about Mike Davis. That's where he ends up here in Chicago. Eric, how do you break down David Montgomery with Tariq Cohen? I got uh, David Montgomery, my 34th overall, and Tariq Cohen, uh, my 70th overall. Uh, I believe Montgomery is going to be the guy there. Uh, it's It's been nothing but positive drum beats coming out of, out of camp. Um, and look, like this could all change as we go. Like you said before, Davis is there. Training camp is just getting started. No preseason games. Are, you know, they're, they're starting tonight, basically. So it's very early on. But from my, what we can speculate, that's where I have them ranked as of now. Yeah, I have David Montgomery as my RB23, which is pretty wow. aggressive. I have him just behind Chris Carson, wow. just ahead of James White. Uh, and then I have Tariq Cohen at RB25. So I am bullish on the Bears rushing attack. I think that they want to run the football. That's what they wanted to do last year as well when they had the sixth highest run percentage in the NFL. And Jordan Howard leaves behind 250 carries. You know, Jordan Howard... For fantasy last year, yes, he was frustrating. He was inefficient. He didn't catch passes. He had the sixth most running uh, carries amongst running backs last year, 250. Those are now gone. So I don't think David Montgomery necessarily just gets all of them, but we're starting to get some of the hype now with David Montgomery in training camp. We're starting to see the videos of him trucking people, and he is a really, really talented running back, man. I mean, I, I think among the running backs that were available in this draft, you know, I think he was probably the... Best running back in terms of uh, complete skill set and, and how we've seen him used in his college career at Iowa State. But 
you know, he can make opponents miss. I mean, he forced the most missed tackles in college football last season. That That's David Montgomery. So I'm excited about him. And, you know, the difference between him and J- Jordan Howard is that David Montgomery can actually catch the ball. He had 71 career receptions in his three-year career at Iowa State. And remember when we had Derek Brown on the show here? I do. When we were previewing the Chicago Bears, he basically gave us this whole breakdown about how when Matt Nagy took over the play calling of the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago in that second half of the season, that's when we saw them start to use Kareem Hunt more and Mm -hmm. really lean on a workhorse running back. What that tells us is... They drafted David Montgomery decently early in the draft, Craig. I believe it was a third-round draft pick. I believe you are correct. And I think that they want to have a guy that they can lean on as a workhorse running back. Tariq Cohen will still get his touches, and he's electric, and he can score from anywhere on the field. Yes, they signed Mike Davis, which is a bit of a wild card, but ultimately, I don't think that he's going to be used in the offense all that much. I think we probably see David Montgomery in that 220 to 230 carries this year, maybe 30 to 40 receptions on a pretty damn good Bears offense, Craig. So, yeah, I'm bullish on the on the Bears running backs. For good reason. I, I, I get it with David Montgomery, how talented he could be. And what good coaches do is utilize the talent that they have. And I think Tariq Cohen uh, represents that talent that talented piece uh, for Chicago. Now, Jordan Howard, uh, they tried to go with him early and often early on last season. It was clear he wasn't the same guy uh, that we had seen in years prior. I think David Montgomery is talented. I, I like him. I like him not more than some of the guys that we've mentioned today. Like, I have Chris Carson ahead of him. I have a man, Tevin Coleman, ahead of him as well. But I can get behind drafting David Montgomery as my RB3. I'm okay with that. The problem is right now he's going in the fourth round. So I, a lot of I'm the time, okay with that. you're ending up with David Montgomery as your RB2. So let's say you start off your draft with... You know, two wide receivers and a running back, in whatever order that might be. Let's let's say you go running back in round one, and then rounds two and three you go with wide receiver. And especially in that mid to late fourth round range, once you miss out on Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, then the next man, the next men up that you're looking at are the David Montgomerys of the world. But that's where I'd rather take James White. James. All right. Well, I mean, you know, that's me. We're splitting hairs here. You want James White? That's perfectly fine. You know, I have him ranked a little bit uh, behind David Montgomery just because. I trust the volume a little bit more. I'd rather more Chris Carson. When it comes to David Montgomery. That's close, too. I mean, that's fine. Like, if you want Chris Carson over him, I just, uh, I'm betting on David Montgomery being used similarly to how Jordan Howard was used in terms of uh, how many carries he got last year. Plus, I think that he'll actually catch the ball out of the backfield. The difference between him and Howard is that he can actually catch the ball. And when he's on the field, you don't necessarily know what they're going to do. Are they going to run the football? Or are they going to throw it to him? So, that... That ultimately gives their offense some more versatility. I think David Montgomery is going to get a decent amount of work this year. There's a few more guys that I have in this tier that I want to mention before we wrap up here in the next 10 minutes of the Fantasy Hour. That starts with Austin Eckler, where I don't exactly know what to do. We talked about Melvin Gordon and being nervous about him and dropping and dropping him. But at some point, you have to raise Eckler up. Would you take a shot on Austin Eckler? Right now, I'm not. um, and, and, And I have this sneaky suspicion that... Eckler's going to remain in the same role, and Justin Jackson's going to be the guy that they lean on. Um, Justin Jackson's a guy that I like a lot. Um, Eckler, uh, he's good in in spot use, but when last year when he was leaned on, when Melvin Gordon missed a couple games in the middle of the season due to injury, Eckler didn't really show up. He's in a better complementary player, a better complementary role, being the pass-catching guy. 
he, he has he has ran the ball before and done it efficiently, but he didn't do it well. And Justin Jackson at the end of the year showed us a little bit. I mean, like he wasn't spectacular, um, but I, I I believe that's going to muddy the waters. And I think Justin Jackson will be the guy there if Melvin Gordon doesn't play. And I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to play. Bullish is EY when it comes to Justin Jackson over Austin Eckler. Another name that you have to bring up, in my opinion, is Miles Sanders. We talked about him on the FanDuel Hurry Up. You want to talk about Frank, rookies rising up draft boards. It's been nothing but positives out of Eagles camp in regards to Miles Sanders. We talked about Jordan Howard a little while ago with Chicago. He's now in Philadelphia. How high do you have Miles Sanders, and do you trust him in this range? Yeah, so I have Miles Sanders as my RB34, and I have this tier from RB27 to RB37, which are... Running Max that I would like more so as my flex, obviously, than my RB2, and it starts with Tevin Coleman, and it includes players like Latavius Murray and Sony Michelle, Austin Eckler, as you mentioned, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders. Normally, I don't get involved with Philadelphia Eagles running backs. Everything we've seen out of Doug Peterson the past couple of years has been they want to run in a running back by committee, and they trade for Jordan Howard in the offseason. They sign Miles Sanders. Uh, they draft Miles Sanders, so they still have a ton of running backs there. Corey Clement is still on this team. They bring back Darren Sproles. I think that's probably more so for special teams. But when it comes to Miles Sanders, they moved up in the draft to pick 53 to take him. This is the highest a Doug Peterson-led Eagles team has drafted a running back under this regime. That is the highest the Eagles have drafted a running back since LaShawn McCoy, who also went 53rd overall in the NFL draft. So when it comes to Miles Sanders... I'm starting to get a bit of a carry-on Johnson feel from last year, Greg, whereas I think he's probably going to get off to a slow start. They're probably going to run that by-committee approach the first month of the season. But I think as we, the further along that we go into the season, I think that Doug Peterson's going to realize that they don't really have much versatility on the field when Jordan Howard is on the field. Maybe they, he still kind of mixes in on some early downs, short yardage, maybe some goal line stuff. Miles Sanders is the most versatile back in this backfield. He can run. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He had one year after taking over for Saquon Barkley, he rushed for more yards than Saquon Barkley at Penn State. They're impre- he's impressing so far in training camp. Normally, I don't do the Eagles running back thing, but when we're talking about in that 7th, 8th round range, who has upside for the second half of the season? Miles Sanders is one of those players who has big upside, Greg. Miles Sanders, one of the guys you may want to stash in fantasy football leagues. Three questions in three minutes is next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Uh, so for tomorrow night, we were deciding between uh, seeing Hootie and the Bluefish live or going to see the Meatloaf Broadway show. We went with Hootie and the Bluefish. Yeah, I would say you made the right choice. Pretty pumped about it. Pretty pumped about it. All right, three questions, three minutes. Let's do it. Duke Johnson was acquired by the Houston Texans earlier today. So Frank Stample, does Lamar Miller still suck? That is a very fair question. And the one week of loving Lamar Miller is now gone because I I moved Lamar Miller up to 
uh, RB26, Greg. I have him at 27 right now. And now I dropped him back down to RB31 with Duke Johnson coming over to the Houston Texans. It just... Overall, it limits the upside for Lamar Miller. He's not really someone that was going to ever catch that many passes, but Duke Johnson being there limits that upside a little bit more now for Lamar Miller. Still a really good offense, and he's fine as like your flex running back, but overall, I have moved him down to RB31. It's amazing. Lamar Miller is 27. He's not going to be on any of my teams. I can show you that. <laughs> All right. Question two goes to EY Eric Young. Kenyon Drake has still been taking the second rep in practice behind Kalen Balaj. Where do you have Kenyon Drake? Um, Kenyon Drake, he, I mean, it is going down. I mean, the fact that, that Balaj is still being uh, the number one ball carrier in Miami, it's just, it's so frustrating. Like, Kellen Balaj is not half the football player that Kenyon Drake is definitely not half the athlete that Kenyon Drake is. You just want this guy to get a workload when, when Gase finally collapsed and, and got off his stance of of not using him and used him. He proved that he is what we all thought he was. There must be something. Is it mental? Is it discipline? Is it, is he a basket case? Is he hard to talk to? I I mean, I don't know what's going on. There's something obviously going on because this has gone on every year and everywhere he's played football. So yeah, for me, I mean, he's, he's sliding down. I probably won't have him on many teams. It's it's just too scary of a situation. Final question here. It's question three. Tell me who you'd rather have Frankie Latavius Murray or Darius Geis. Yeah, I'd much rather have Latavius Murray in that Mark Ingram role this year. When we did our Saints preview, go back and listen to that. Uh, pretty bullish on Latavius Murray. He's going to score a ton of touchdowns this year alongside Alvin Kamara. They're not changing Kamara's role, so he's going to still get his touches. Latavius Murray steps into that Mark Ingram role, Greg. EY, 10 seconds, same question. Yeah, it is uh, it's Murray for me, but Geis is, is interesting. There you He's go. interesting. I just I saw this interview where he was yelling. And EY rejoins upset. us tomorrow for the draft. We appreciate the time, my man. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super.